Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We're told that it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And worse yet, we actually have the potential to quench the Holy Spirit. Picture it as pouring water and quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit. We have that ability. We actually can bring joy to the heart of God, or we can bring sorrow and grief to the heart of God. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Do you ever feel like you don't make enough of an impact to really make a difference? Pastor J.D. is here today to remind us that we have the power to cause God to be delighted as well as be in despair. Everything you do, God sees. He loves you. He wants the best for you. When you follow Him, you bring delight to His heart. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 17 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 19, he who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. Bear with me on this one. I hope that someone doesn't come to mind when I say it this way, but there are some people who just love a good fight. Somebody came to mind, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, they love strife. They thrive on it. It's almost like if there's no strife, well, we can't have that. So I'm going to create strife. You know, it's kind of like, hey, As long as, you know, I can stir something up, I mean, I'll get the attention, even if it's bad attention. So they stir up strife. They love it. They thrive. That's an environment that is conducive to who they are. They just enjoy it. Now, the reason I said bear with me is because there was a time in my life, many years ago, in a land far, far away, (laughs) long time ago, when I had the energy, and I had the will, where, hey, I'd roll up my arm sleeves. Let's do this. And and I'm talking about, of course, in the arena of the spiritual. So you want to argue? You want to fight about this? All right, let's do it. And so I tell you, I won a lot of battles. I'll take you on. I kind of I like the, you know, the adrenaline. And I like the, you know, the going back and forth. And it was all pride. But here's the thing. I, I won a lot of battles just by sheer tenacity and force. But I lost a lot of wars. I won the battle. I lost the relationship. And I lost the opportunity that the Lord had presented to me. I mean, here's somebody that, you know, I I take on and battle with and win the battle. At what cost? Be very careful. If there's that 
desire on your part to kind of get into the mix of things. And then sometimes when there's already a fight, you're like, hey, I want, I want in. Can I, you know, so you jump in and that's another proverb. That's as foolish as grabbing a dog by the ears. Forget the bear robbed of his cubs. That's a, grabbing a dog by the ears. You're going to get bit. It's going to hurt when you get involved in somebody else's quarrel. Verse 20, he who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. We're going to talk more about the tongue, time permitting. But I was uh, thinking about this first part of verse 20. So a deceitful heart finds no good. Think about this. If you're a liar, you see everybody else as lying. To the pure, everyone is pure. To the impure, everyone is impure. We tend to, we're prone to, look at others through the lens of our own heart. So we know that, hey, you know, I'm just going to kind of not, not be completely honest here. So when you're talking to somebody, you're thinking that they're doing the same thing that you're doing. And it works both ways. So if you're one who is honest, you have integrity, you tell the truth, well then you just are prone to look at others and believe naively, possibly, that they're also going to tell you the truth, because that's what you would do. And then we're trusting of them because we ourselves are trustworthy. So if there's one who has a deceitful heart, they're not going to find any good. They're only going to find what's in their heart, in the heart of another. And this perverse tongue falling into evil? Boy, we've talked about this before, that saying, loose lips sink ships. Well, they sink evil lips too. <laughs> Those perverse tongues and lips. Our mouths can get us into a lot of trouble, yeah? Verse 21, he who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. This is a parenting truth, sadly, where your children can either bring you such great joy. I think of what John said in the context of spiritual children that he fathered in the faith, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. But children can also bring great sorrow to the heart. Verse 22, speaking of the heart, a merry heart does good like medicine, literally, by the way, medically, by the way, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I'm sure you've heard of all the research about how laughter has medicinal effects on one's body. Literally, there was a story, I, I should have, I wish I had time, I should have tried to research it. Maybe you'd heard about it. So this guy is basically told by the doctors, you don't have much time left, get your affairs in order. Uh, you know, you're not going to live very long. So what does he do? He 
goes and he rents these comedies. I think it was the the Three Stooges or something. And he, and he just sits in front of the TV and he's watching these funny movies and he's laughing up a storm. And I'm, he, he's like, hey, if I'm going to go, this is the way I want to go. I want to go laughing. And wouldn't you know it, all of that laughter healed his illness. And he lived many years after that. True story. This is, you know, you think about all the research, all the money that is spent. Here's one. This is, a, this is one that really gets me. This is many years ago. I, I was reading a, a, a magazine. I don't think anybody reads magazines anymore, but I was reading a magazine, and uh, it was actually the cover story. And it was something to the effect of those who meditate are healthier people. You know, lower blood pressure, uh, you know, less heart disease, uh, you know, all of, all of the things that, you know, stress and hypertension cause. And so I, I was reading the article and they said, you know, we, we spent all this money on research. And what we found is people of faith who pray, who meditate, they're just healthier physically. I'm like, dude, how, how much did you spend on that research? Oh, like $500 million, you know over a period of five years. I said, give me the money. I could, I could have told you that right here. It's right here. You could have, it's right here. It's all throughout Scripture. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. The cure for worry and anxiety and even fear. You want to worry about nothing, pray about everything, and thank God for anything, and that peace physiologically that peace that only Jesus can give, not as the world gives, will keep and calm your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a physiological dynamic. I mean, isn't it true? Talk about the firm grasp of the obvious. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wouldn't it stand to reason that the Creator would know what's best for us? Because He created us. He created the digestive system, fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, every time I, this is uh, just a little side note here, but every time I go to the doctor and they're not a Christian, I just think to myself, how can you be a physician and not believe in the great physician? I mean, surgeons, you mean to tell me that you're operating on somebody and you're looking at the intricacy of the human anatomy and you think that there was this big bang and then boom, and then from the goo to the zoo to you? Come on, that takes more faith than... <laughs> Faith in God. I mean, it's just mind-boggling to me. I think about the human brain. And those who study, you know, in the field of neuroscience. Wow. <laughs> and you look at the human brain and you're, you're telling me that we evolved? 
I mean, I love how one humorously illustrated the amount of faith it takes to believe something like that. So the Big Bang Theory, right, which really started the whole thing. It would be like having an explosion in a junkyard and creating a Boeing 777. Man, I'm not worthy. That's faith. That is faith. You believe that? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, over billions and billions and billions of years. That's a whole nother thing. I don't even know why I went there, but too late. I already am there and you're there with me. This whole thing of the earth being billions and billions and billions of years old. Do you remember the, I think it was Apollo 10, somebody might have to correct me, when it landed on the moon and it had the, the right Tom, the long legs. Do you know why? You remember that, that historic moment, one step for man, one step for mankind or whatever that, I totally botched it, but well, you get the point. So here, here is the astronauts stepping out of this, you know, aircraft, and they have to climb down a ladder. I don't know how tall those things were. They got to have been over 10 feet tall. Do you know why they did that? Because they figured that the amount of moon dust on the surface of the moon over millions and millions of years would have been that thick. And they get there and it's like a couple inches. Why? Because it's not billions and billions of years old. That's why. I told you I went off on that, but I think God, someone summed it up best this way. God said it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. This broken spirit dries the bones. I think about David, where he's covering up his sin of adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. And probably for about a year, maybe shy of a year, he's covering it up. And then he opens up about it in the Psalms about how before the prophet Nathan came to him and said, you are that man. He said, I I was dying. My bones were drying up inside. I was just, I was dying. It was, my, my spirit was so broken because my relationship with God was broken because of what I had done. Verse 23, a wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. You know, in my business back in the day, there were those who were on the take, as we would call it, and they would take money under the table, and then they would do business with that buyer. And so here I come along, and I'm not willing to do that. And guess what? I'm not going to be able to buy. I remember one time I said, Lord, this isn't fair. What am I going to do? He said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. You just maintain your integrity. You maintain your, I got to tell you, I was tempted. Because here's this guy greasing the guy's palms. He's getting all the good buys. And here I am, I'm told, we don't have anything today. Well, that's because the guy bribed you and you gave him to him. 
So here I am, I walk away empty-handed, and the Lord says, no, 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 I'll take care of you. And without exception, without exception, God blessed and honored that. I would go right around the corner, and here's this buy that far surpassed the buy that I would have made had I done that. And God many times over would bless that. But it does it does create a problem. That level playing field is no longer level. It's no longer fair when somebody comes in with a bribe. Verse 24, wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. They're always in their folly, just, I mean, talking about grand things, and in contrast, the, the wise has in his sight and has understanding. Verse 25, here it is again, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. I heard it said this way, and I know I've shared this many times, and it I think bears repeating again, you're never as happy as your saddest child. You're never as, as a parent, as a father, as a mother, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Verse 26, also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. This carries with it the same idea of repaying good with evil, rewarding something good with evil. Verse 27, he who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. <laughs> Let my words be few, Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes. There you are in heaven, here am I on earth. Oh God, let my words be few. Let me use my words sparingly. I've never regretted anything I didn't say. And conversely, I've always regretted something I did say that I can't take back. Oh, words matter. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. This is something the Lord's been dealing with me over the years, just to be calm, remain calm. Verse 28, lastly, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. In other words, as soon as you open your mouth, you remove all doubt. Oh, look at them. They're sitting there so wise. Hmm. Hmm. He holds his peace. Wow, so wise. Hmm. He shuts his lips. Oh my, so wise. Hmm. And then you open your mouth. <laughs> He's not wise at all. Are you kidding me? I can't believe he said something like that. Can I just, I got to, I love this. I, in fact, my wife and I were joking about this the other day. So this husband and wife are talking, and the wife says something to the husband, and the husband just looks at her like, how can something so stupid come out of somebody so beautiful? 
To which the wife responds, well, honey, God made me beautiful so you would marry me. And God made me stupid so I would marry you. Okay, I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Let's close. Uh, we'll end with chapter 17. It's an interesting chapter, and this because of the contrast, the stark contrast that's painted between someone who is wise and someone who is foolish. You know, the contrasting Proverbs have this way of taking the foolish here and contrasting the foolish with the wise here, and the impact that the folly of the foolish can have. Not just on them, but on those around them. And the same thing is true, it works both ways with the wise. The impact that the wise can have on others and on them. So if you have a wise son as a father, as a parent, as a mother, the impact that that has on a parent, the joy that that brings to a parent. Here's where I'm going with it, and this is what I want to close with. This is true when it comes to our Heavenly Father. A foolish child of God can grieve the heart of God, just as a wise child of God can bring such joy to the heart of God. You know, we're told that it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And worse yet, we actually have the potential to quench the Holy Spirit. Picture it as pouring water and quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit. We have that ability. We actually can bring joy to the heart of God, or we can bring sorrow and grief to the heart of God. My hope is that this stark contrast that is painted between the wise and the foolish would be so stark as to change the way that we view our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Wisdom comes from above. James says that the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, then easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without hypocrisy or partiality, bearing fruit, fruit of righteousness, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, in spiritandtruthradio.com and clicking on contact under the about tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. 
Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.